0: Hello, and welcome to the first podcast in our series, The Top Shelf, which deals with topical issues in IFRS that impacts clients that operate in the retail and consumer industry. My name is Shriya, and I work at PwC's Accounting Consulting Services. I'm joined today by Ronal Faree who is a director at PwC and is also our Accounting Consulting Services Retail Industry Leader. Welcome to our podcast, Ronell.
1: Thank you very much, Shreya. It's good to be here in all and we're going to look for what's interesting on the top shelf.
0: <laughs> I love that energy, Ronell. So, Ronell, a lot has happened in past year in the world of retail. I mean, we had COVID, lockdown, and IFRS 16, the new leasing standard, all in one reporting period. We actually took a step back and did a desktop review of a few listed retailers on the JSC, and we realized that their average reporting date was delayed by almost 39 days compared to prior years. So, out of everything that has happened in the last year or so, what were the biggest issues for
1: retailers in your view? Well, Shira, there are several salient issues that retailers experienced during 2020, which is carried through into this year, actually, as COVID uh, continues to, I suppose, be a problem for for many, many territories and also in South Africa. So we've experienced transition to a material new standard, IFRS 16, which is the leases standard, and retailers definitely felt the pressure from a working capital management perspective due to a strained economy. The focus on working capital naturally attracts thoughts about debt covenants as well as debtor book management. So all against the backdrop of a disrupted work environment. And even in some cases, I mean, debtors uh, couldn't actually get to a store to make their payments because they weren't able to travel or able Mm. to to leave their homes. So out of everything that's happened from an accounting and commercial perspective, there's been a significant shift in the balance sheets of retail lessees as a result of accounting for these rights of use assets and these liabilities under IFRS 16. The quantum of right-of-use assets in many South African-listed retailers reached into the billions.
0: Sure, Renal, I certainly agree. And there were so many complexities around transitioning to that new leasing standard. For example, weighing up the different transition methods. Although, I must say that I'm really glad that transition to IFRS 16 is now a thing of the past.
1: No, certainly, sure. I think the biggest hurdles of transition are definitely behind us now. However, we are looking to the future and many retailers are actually realizing that they need to refine or enhance their accounting systems to be able to deal with this added complexity of accounting for leases under the new standard. Contemporary IFRS 16 issues are items such as lease modifications, rent concessions, and taking care of the existing lease portfolio from a subsequent measurement perspective including reassessing lease terms and the likelihood of exercising renewal options. So certainly not the old regime where you accounted for a finance lease and, you know, just let it be and roll at its course. Furthermore, it's an observable trend in retail to note that some companies could not take advantage of the IFRS 16 lease concession amendment because their accounting systems were not configured to support it, or they actually had to make these amendments through um, manual journals those companies some of them elected not to apply the practical expedient which have which would have made their life a lot easier as a heads up the isb has actually issued an exposure draft um, which is currently out for comment that proposes an extension of the date of these rent concessions expedient being available and being able to be applied so we'll probably see an extension of the date to june 2022
0: Bar wow, a lot of great points in there. Particularly, I find it really interesting that if our accounting systems weren't equipped to deal with certain IFRS 16 accounting complexities, how are we as humans expected to go along with it? <laughs> but that being said, <laughs> what are your top tips, Rinal, for retailers out there looking to make some changes to their existing leases? So, for example, what are some of the things we need to think about if we're downsizing our lease space? Let's say a specific retailer wants to reduce their store capacity in the physical sense.
1: That's a very good question, Sure. as I think a lot of companies have realized that they might be downsizing, specifically office space, for example, uh, because of remote working. So if you're downsizing your lease space, you need to look at IFRS 16 modification guidance. Also, hopefully, you're going to be paying less for the store as well. And there'll be less space or you'll use less space or optimize the current space and therefore need less space. A way to think about the accounting for that element is to think about an in-substance disposal that will happen in two steps. So firstly, let's say you reduced your lease space by 30%. You need to proportionally reduce the assets and liability by 30% as well. However, because your lease liability and right of use asset are not at the same value because of rent um, or interest being recognized, being different to that of depreciation, you're going to end up with balancing profit or loss impact. Okay,
0: so from what I understand thus far is step one of accounting for a lease modification of this nature is to proportionally reduce the lease asset and liability, which can result in a profit or loss impact. Interestingly enough, we've actually seen some retailers disclose the value on the face of their income statement, gains on on lease modifications particularly, which I found quite interesting. Okay, we have step one down. What is step two of accounting for a modification of this nature like, Ronell?
1: Right, so step two is to remeasure the value of your lease liability. You need to ensure that the lease liability reflects the economic reality at the date at which you have modified the lease. So you'll need to remeasure the lease balance using an updated incremental borrowing rate and updated lease payments over the remaining lease term. Okay, so step two is just capturing in those updated economic
0: variables and effectively truing up that remaining lease liability. I think we've got it. Thanks for explaining to us, Ronal. But speaking of economic realities,
1: Ronal, what else do you think is pressing in the commercial retail world? So sure, another big issue last year with changes to financing models. So retailers had to take a careful look about their debt financing, given constrained consumer spending and revised macroeconomic projections in many territories. We saw a number of renegotiations of debt or debt covenants with banks. I anticipate that given the pressure in the economy is under still, the retailers will have to continue to ensure they're managing their debt and capital structure more broadly in an effective manner. In other words, this issue could remain a challenge into the future and probably won't be left behind anytime soon for companies that have debts on their balance sheet.
0: Hmm, Ronal, you mentioned debt covenants. I think that's ringing an IAS-1 bell for me, which pertains to the current and non-current split of our liabilities. I guess those numbers are quite important to investors from a liquidity perspective,
1: right? Yes, that does bring to mind IAS-1 and presentation of financial, uh, as per as financial instruments as either current or non-current. And that is a classification issue in respect of loans, Um, on the balance sheet, it's important to remember that breaches of borrowing covenants focus on the legal rights of the entity rather than on the intentions of either of the parties to the loan, so either the retailer or the bank. The liabilities classification is however unaffected by the entity's intentions in the case of a breach of a loan. So if an entity does not meet a loan covenant, and it is not a breach, so a legal breach of contract. In other words, it does not give the bank the right to call the debt and the company has a period of grace available at the balance sheet date, the loan may still be classified as non-current. This is quite unusual though, in most cases, if the breach of debt covenant is a breach of the loan agreement and a debt can be called by the bank at that point. Regardless of subsequent measures to remedy, the debt should be classified as current. So this is really an area that can be quite complex and might require some input from legal experts. Last but not least, a breach of loan covenant requires additional disclosure. And also remember that everything relating to long-term debt becoming short-term might actually impact on an entity's going concern assessments. We've covered a lot, Ronel, from covenants to COVID,
0: to big Cs. It is clear that COVID-19 will have a long-lasting negative economic impact and has accelerated the forces of change which have been disrupting the retail industry globally. I think, Ronel, to add to your point on capital management, retailers that have significant credit books really need to think carefully about the customer's ability to repay their accounts. And how that will impact their expected credit loss assessment from an IFRS nine perspective, given that ECL is a forward-looking assessment, those macroeconomic macroeconomic issues created by COVID nineteen will certainly not disappear once we have the pandemic um, ending, if it does.
1: <laughs> no, hopefully, hopefully this time next year, sure, we can look back and and see that everything is turned back to the new normal, as they call it. But I, I completely agree. And another consideration is that, um, for example, if your debt book consists of people who were unable, for example, to get to a store to make a payment, you know, how would you adjust your data in order to make a uh, appropriate forecast of what might happen in future. So definitely a complexity that's added to our ECL and forward-looking assessments.
0: Thank you, Renelle, for those insights. I think we've covered quite a bit in today's podcast. Let's take a step back and recap. We've touched on IFRS 16 and covered a hot topic of accounting for modifications in your lease when you downsize or give up a portion of your leased space. That's going to be important to remember if you're leasing a store premises or some office space and want to effectively downsize your existing lease. We then discussed debt covenants and some key considerations on the current or non-current classification for the face of the balance sheet. And now we've just touched lightly on the topic of IFRS 9's expected credit losses. But speaking of that forward-looking information that you touched on, Renal, listeners have a lot to look Forward to in terms of the future podcasts in this series, unpacking more topical issues and insights in IFRS for the retail industry. Thank you so much for joining us today,
1: Ronel. And I hope you'll be back again to share some more knowledge with us. Thank you so much, Shure, and um we'll hope we'll meet up in the aisle again and talk about what's on the top shelf. Awesome.
0: Thank you, Ronal.
1: This podcast
0: is brought to you by PWC. All rights reserved. PWC refers to the South African member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PWC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com forward slash structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.